Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's announcement. Joining us this morning are the Minister of the Environment and Protected Areas, the Honorable Rebecca Schultz, Amber Link, Director at the Rural Municipalities of Alberta, and the Reeve of Wheatland County, Tina Petro, Director of Cities up to 500,000 at Alberta Municipalities, and Deputy Mayor for the City of Airdrie. And Trina Innes, Executive Director at the Municipal Climate Change Action Centre, I'll now invite Minister Schultz to open today's announcement. Well, thank you so much and good morning, everybody. It is a pleasure to be here this morning with some of my very favorite people. Uh, so I do want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedules to be here for today's exciting announcement. We continue to be committed to reducing emissions and becoming more energy efficient here in Alberta. But of course, this cannot come at the cost of affordability for everyday Albertans, especially given the inflationary pressures that Canadians across our country are struggling with today. Sometimes it feels like Ottawa is announcing new regulations and rules every week, adding more and more costs onto Alberta's industries, municipalities, and the families who call these communities home. We often do not hear Minister Gibo tell Albertans how much their bills and taxes will go up when he announces these new policies, and we certainly don't hear the Prime Minister mention how much his latest scheme will add to communities that are simply trying to keep the lights on in their buildings, their arenas like we're in today, and rec centres. Every day, Albertans and Canadians have been forced to pick up the tab on their bills and, of course, on their taxes. New press releases and fancy slogans do not help Albertans pay their power bills. The truth is that emissions reduction requires investments and becoming more energy efficient just doesn't happen overnight. Our government believes in helping and supporting communities, not adding unnecessary costs. We believe in creating jobs, not chasing them away. And when it comes to reducing emissions, we believe in practical approaches that make our communities and our province stronger. Take the Max Bell Centre, where we are today. This facility has become, or has been, a community hub in Calgary for the last 50 years. More than half a million people walk through its doors every single year. They enjoy thousands of hours of ice time. As a hockey parent, I can attest to that. And host more than a dozen festivals and events every single year. Two years ago, when the City of Calgary wanted to upgrade Max Bell's lights, they put in new electrical systems and made other energy efficiency upgrades. That came with a price tag of nearly $150,000. That's a lot for any city to afford, but think of the impact that that has on smaller communities and towns across our province. Our government was able to step up to help through the Municipal Climate Change Action Centre, or MCCAC, as it is more commonly known, covering over 75% of that bill, more than $111,000. These improvements have saved the facility $7,000 in costs every single year and reduced its emissions by 43 tons annually. We know that energy efficient upgrades are expensive and it can be hard for communities to cover the full upfront costs, especially now when the cost of living continues to rise. That's why I'm very excited to announce we're investing $18 million to help communities across the province become more energy efficient and, of course, reduce their costs. This new funding is delivered through the MCCAC and will be used to create new programs that will help communities access support for energy conservation, emissions reduction, and much more. 
Communities big and small, rural and urban, will all be able to access these programs. This is about helping communities hire staff to do this important work, replace windows, upgrade lights, and make practical and innovative improvements to arenas, community centers, and other buildings. As Environment Minister here in Alberta, and of course, as the former Minister of Municipal Affairs, I appreciate the willingness of Alberta's municipalities and local leaders to work with us on any challenge. And I can tell you that this is absolutely no exception. They are innovators, they are committed to their residents, and they are working hard to become more energy efficient and reduce emissions. But of course, they can't do it alone, and this $18 million in new funding will help make that work a little bit easier. I look forward to seeing all of the programs and projects that result from this funding, and I surely look forward to celebrating those successes with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Minister Schultz, and good morning, everyone. Since 1909, RMA has helped rural municipalities achieve strong, effective local government. Today, we are grateful for the Government of Alberta's continued collaboration with municipalities through this significant grant. The RMA represents over 85% of Alberta's land mass and hosts a wide variety of energy projects. Rural Alberta cares about how a changing climate impacts all of us. Through strategic climate adaptation planning, municipalities can proactively identify specific environmental risks, seize opportunities, and implement actions tailored to their unique needs. A prime example is Lacombe County's comprehensive plan which outlines 11 targeted actions addressing challenges such as wildfire risk, water quality and quantity issues, and concerns regarding agricultural productivity within their county. Rural Albertans are committed to the responsible stewardship of our land, air and water. This dedication builds resilience against climate challenges and bolsters our disaster mitigation strategies. As a proud partner of the MCCAC, the RMA is encouraged by the province's unwavering commitment to supporting municipalities. This grant is vital in funding projects that not only benefit the environment, but also strengthen our local economies. Minister Schultz, thank you to you and your government for partnering in a program that contributes to increasing energy security, achieving emission reduction targets, and supports small-scale electricity, electricity generation across the province while creating employment opportunities, achieving fiscal efficiencies, and diversifying our local economies. This partnership is crucial for the sustainability of our rural communities. Thank you. Now I'm pleased to introduce Tina Petro, the Alberta Municipalities Director for Cities Under 500,000 and Deputy Mayor for the City of Airdrie. Thank you very much, Reeve Link. Uh, and good morning, everyone. Today we come together to express our sincere gratitude to Minister Schultz and the Government of Alberta for their commitment to support supporting our municipalities. Alberta Municipalities represents the diverse landscapes of over 85% of Albertans, where 85% Albert, of Albertans call home. Our membership includes summer villages, villages, cities, towns, and specialized municipalities. And at Alberta Municipalities, we work tirelessly with elected and administrative leaders to advocate for solutions to a wide array of municipal issues. These encompass economic, governance, infrastructure, social and environmental challenges that our communities face. 
Today, we celebrate the Government of Alberta's dedication to our shared cause. The expanded suite of programs made possible by this funding will empower our municipalities to plan and implement capital projects that enhance energy efficiency, reduce emissions, and foster small-scale electricity generation. With access to this type of funding, our municipalities are enabled to choose the tools that work best for them that meet the highest needs for their communities. These projects will help to reduce costs, reduce our carbon footprint, and create the environments for a higher quality of living for all of our residents. We are grateful for the partnership that we have with our provincial government and look forward to seeing these projects come to life for our members. Together, let us continue to work hand in hand, advocating for the prosperity and well-being of all Albertans. Thank you very much. Now it is my great pleasure to introduce Trina Innes, the Executive Director for the Municipal Climate Change Action Centre, to say a few words. Thank you very much. So today I'd like to express my sincere gratitude to the Government of Alberta for their generous funding and share my excitement about the new initiatives coming to Alberta communities. I'm proud to share that this year the Municipal Climate Change Action Centre will be celebrating 15 years of service and this partnership between Alberta municipalities, rural municipalities of Alberta and the Government of Alberta has played a pivotal role in supporting municipalities and community related organizations as they lower energy costs, reduce greenhouse gas emissions and enhance climate resilience. Thanks to the Government of Alberta we've had a lasting impact. Since 2009, our award-winning programs have supported 170 municipalities and are saving over 170 million in lifetime energy emissions. This grant will support a diversity of programs. Our applied climate action programs will provide municipalities with funding to implement energy efficiency projects in community buildings. And our capacity building and engagement services will help municipalities develop the skills and plans needed for effective climate mitigation and will include staffing grants for municipal energy managers. This funding will allow us to continue delivering programs for the next four years, expanding the reach and impact of local governments. Communities will be able to apply for capacity building initiatives in the spring and capital projects that enhance energy efficiency by the summer. Thank you to the Government of Alberta for their unwavering support and commitment to our partnership and Alberta communities in taking action on climate. Thank you, Trina. We will now open the floor to questions. Friendly reminder that it will be one question and one follow-up. We will start in the room before going to the phone lines. I believe the mic is right behind you guys. It's for you, so you can <laughs> I just naturally walk up to the microphone and then thought, oh, maybe you don't want to talk to me today. <laughs> Tiffany from CBC French. Um, just to start on the policy that uh, the Premier announced yesterday as a member of Cabinet and as a mom, how, what do you think of this policy? Are you going to support it? Do you support all parts of it? 
Here's what I would say, both as a parent, as the former Minister of Children's Services, I can tell you that I understand how important it is to ensure that those who identify as transgender feel safe and supported, especially children. I also know that parents across our province have said that they do want to play a role in that, in making sure that their kids are in fact safe and supported and involved in those life-changing decisions that they're making. Uh, so I do support this policy, and if you do have additional questions, I know the Premier is speaking about it at 1.30, so I, I certainly don't want to get a her, ahead of her uh, on that issue. Um, but you know what, I think it's something that we've been hearing a lot about, and I recognize it's important to make sure that, like I said, kids feel safe and supported, uh, especially those uh, who are in the LGBTQ community uh, or, of course, identify as transgender. And on energy efficiency, um, we know the federal program, the Greener Home grants is kind of running out of money. Um, is there any plan in Alberta to support individual homeowners to do those kind of work like you're supporting municipalities? Yeah, you know, uh, I think the Premier has really said that we are interested in a variety of different uh, types of programs and ways that we can invest in emissions reduction, whether that be uh, for individual residents, uh, for municipalities, like through this program announcement that we're making today, or the investments that we make in into some of our larger emitters and our bigger industries. Uh, so we are reviewing some of the programs we have. Of course, you know, what we tend to do here in Alberta is uh, we do collect a levy through our tier fund, the Technology Innovation and Emissions Reduction Fund, and then we reinvest those dollars into emissions reduction. So there are a number of things that we're looking at, uh, like I said, on, on all of those levels. And so I would say more to come, uh, likely in the spring after the budget is released. But stay tuned on that. Mike Simington, CBC. As you're well aware, the carbon footprint grows each year. When do we expect to see a decrease in the carbon footprint in Alberta? You know, here's what I would say. Our emissions reduction and energy development plan really is focused on reducing emissions. Uh, a lot of times when we talk about emissions reduction in a province like Alberta, where a large portion of our economy really is linked to our energy industry, I think some of the positives that we're seeing is that our per barrel emissions are actually going down. The reality is, is that global demand for oil and gas also continues to increase. So I would say it's very encouraging to see that per barrel number coming down, especially oil sands. It was just last fall where we saw some of those numbers suggesting a 21% uh, decrease in per barrel emissions. But again, as we continue to see that global demand going up, uh, I have said this, our Premier has said this, we want to see that energy production coming from a province like Alberta, where we are in fact taking such great strides and seeing so many technological advancements on emissions reduction, on methane emissions reduction, on CCUS, and we also have high ethical human and environmental standards and so we want to see that production coming from Alberta and so you know we choose to focus on those per barrel emissions or per industry emissions and again not just in oil and gas we want to see emissions reduction in agriculture in all of our major industries manufacturing at the municipal level which is why we're here today and so uh, you know it's not just one certain industry or group we, we want to see this happen as a whole but I think what we've also seen is a strong energy industry is then able to leverage 
uh, into clean technology. And, and that's what we're seeing really right now. And, um, you know, we do talk a lot, like I said, about CCUS. Uh, we hit our methane emissions reduction target years ahead of schedule, which I think was pretty exciting for, for less cost, quite frankly. $600 million less cost to industry had we done things the way the federal government wanted to see. Uh, those are huge wins for us here in Alberta, and we'll continue to work alongside all of our major industries to see further reductions. So our carbon footprint will continue to grow, or will it not continue to grow? You know, I would say that our emissions reduction and energy development plan continues to focus on reducing our emissions, reducing our, our carbon footprint, okay, but making that, sure that we are not jeopardizing uh, our economy or jobs. And a woman from the, uh, the yeah. Hi, so you've been working on this for 15 years. We continue to see the carbon footprint in Alberta increase. When do you think the technology will meet a place where we can see our carbon footprint decrease? And we continue to give millions of dollars of money to, to your organization and to municipalities with no result. I would just say that um, there are lots of solutions out there that will support energy efficiency, emissions reduction, uh, renewable energy, things like that. Um, the size of the challenge is big, and additional investment is always needed in this space, so we're very grateful for the opportunity to keep helping local governments taking action on climate. Folks, we will now move to the phones. Operator, could you put through the first caller? I'm a great ink, love mail. Yeah, g'day. It is a question uh, for the Minister. Um, I wanted to switch topics to the drought. Obviously, Alberta is facing a very extreme time here, possible severe drought in the cards. Um, you talked a lot about licences and water allocation at your town hall there on Tuesday. I just want to get a sense of how big is the overhaul that Alberta will see when it comes to allocations and licences, revisiting who has licences. Um, can you give us a sense of just what that's going to look like. Sorry, Emma, do you just mind repeating just the last part of your, the last sentence? There's some uh, hockey happening behind us, so I just missed a, the beginning part of your question. I can hear all of that hockey behind you, <laughs> aren't you lucky? Um, yeah, I'm looking for just a sense of how big and how dramatic the overhaul of water licensing in Alberta will be. Yeah, that's a great question. And as I mentioned on our town hall earlier this week, it's a little bit difficult to say exactly what that's going to look like just now. Our department has gone out to start the negotiations around these water sharing agreements. Part of that is really taking stock of what is being used in the current allocations right now. That's why we reached out to municipalities and other major water users so that we could get a handle on how much of the water is being used right now, how much extra do all of these uh, major water users have within their current allocations to maybe redirect to other users in in this drought that we are expecting to be quite severe this spring and then we can make those decisions uh, you know what I've been saying is it is a serious situation we've had uh, drought for the last couple of years but this year with the El Nino as we know it's not just us in Alberta who who are seeing the impacts of this I think uh, information out of the federal government has really said that uh, over 72 percent of our lands will be 
be impacted by this this year in Canada. So, um, you know, it, it is significant. But in years where we saw this type of a drought, so in the early 2000s, we did see this before, Alberta was really able to navigate it by doing this exact thing, by bringing all of our major water users together, uh, by taking a collaborative approach, not a top-down one, and having those discussions. So the work that Water Smart is also doing to help us on that, to really uh, provide that analysis on, on how much water we have available is going to be key. So we were happy to be able to roll out that RFP pretty quickly and get them in place to start that work. Like I said, we're also going to have a water advisory panel uh, announced uh, in, I would say, the coming days. Stay tuned. Uh, and so more to come on that front. But when it comes to those specifics, uh, we just don't have it yet. But I would anticipate that uh, we will be hosting additional town halls with all the major water users. Uh, the one this week was fantastic. We had great questions and really good points raised by a number of folks on those calls. And we'll probably do when I said to expect it in about another four weeks. Um, and so uh, hopefully, as these discussions are, are kicking on the, off this week, we'll have more specifics on that pretty soon. Thanks. And when, um, I mean, still on drought, though, and I appreciate there are studies being done right now, there are discussions happening, but is it time for Alberta to revisit its water allocation system as a whole and how it grants us? Because the way it's done now is based on a history that is simply not a reality anymore. So is it now time to just overhaul the entire thing and revisit what we do in Alberta when it comes to reset water? So I, th I think I heard most of where you were going there, maybe not all of it, but um, you know what I've been saying, and I was very transparent about this, uh, for example, at the Alberta Municipalities Conference and the Rural Municipalities Association Conference just in the fall here, that there are a couple of different things that we need to look at when it comes to water. Yes, we need to be having these uh, initial conversations about how do we navigate through this year, which is going to be a very significant drought, how do we get through this growing season, especially given that Agriculture and irrigation make up almost half of our water allocations here in Alberta, uh, and that obviously has a huge impact on our GDP and our provincial economy as well as our federal economy. So that that is one focus of this work, but I think that there's also an opportunity to look at the bigger picture. Premier had it in my mandate letter as well, to look at the water uh, that we have available right now and look at ways that we can maximize those allocations. We want to be respectful of the water licenses that are already in place, so I do want to be clear about that. However, part of that is going to be looking at digitizing our system. We have cases where either individual users or businesses that might have a water license, um, they may not be in existence anymore. They may not be using that water. And so digitizing the system allows us to have a better handle on what allocations are actually currently in place. It allows us to be more nimble with transferring some of those allocations or additional space that we have. Uh, we've also committed to additional groundwater monitoring. That's something that we would like to do because that also helps us get a better picture of our water situation specifically here in Alberta. Premier has also asked us to look in additional water, look at additional water infrastructure and storage so that in years where not like this year, uh, obviously, in a year where we're not expecting a lot of rain or snow, um, additional storage to capture not a lot of moisture is, is maybe not going to help us in the surgeon situation, uh, but it could help us down the road in years where we have um, more 
moisture than we need, being able to actually use our full allocation instead of passing that on to other jurisdictions in our water sharing agreements with other provinces or states. So um, there are a lot of things that we're going to be looking at, but again, we want to be respectful of some of those older, larger water licenses uh, that are already in place because we want to make sure that there is certainty, especially for our industrial users. Um, we need economic certainty, but we also recognize that there might be some changes that need to be made, and our water advisory panel will take that advice from our irrigators, uh, from our municipalities right across the province, you know, and I, I do also want to point out that some municipalities are just doing an exceptional job. I often talk about Okotoks. Uh, Okotoks has done a really fantastic job in terms of um, being creative on their water consumption. I mean, part of that comes to the realities of their growing population and the size of their license, uh, but they're not the only ones. Lethbridge, Tabor, uh, we want to take those best practices that are happening in municipalities uh across the province and share that to make sure that we're also incentivizing water conservation so that there is more uh, water available given the growth that our province is seeing, which is quite frankly unprecedented, and the jobs and economic growth that are going to uh, hopefully continue to happen to, to support that population as well. Let's go to our final question that we missed in the room, and then we will wrap this up. I think uh, most of what I was looking for you touched on there, but I just wonder if there's any, if you anticipate any uh, limitations. I believe in your in your letter you spoke about how uh, you can't unilaterally uh, you know, uh, change these license and allotment agreements. So do you anticipate any challenges in that regard, like limitate legislation limitations when you come when it comes to managing water supply in the, the year ahead? Yeah, and that's a great question. I mean, the approach that we've taken in Alberta in the past has really been a collaborative one, where all of the major water users come together and they've been able to both reduce their own consumption and come to the table to really negotiate how much water they actually need, when they might need it, uh, because sometimes for our egg producers, they need it at certain times throughout the growing season, but not others. So there's, there's tended to be a little bit of give and take that's worked for Alberta in the past. We don't want to take that top-down approach. Um, um, but again, you know, if we do find ourselves in an emergency situation, that's one of the things that we really have to be mindful of is, is what would that look like? Uh, and so all of this work that we're doing right now with the negotiations, gathering information on, on the exact situation about the water we have is going to help us make those decisions as we get a little further into the spring. And then you kind of already touched on this as well, but given that uh, all the water here and eventually flows into Saskatchewan, Lake Diefenbaker, onto Manitoba, where hydro is a big deal, uh, I guess, is there any new work that needs to be done between provinces, do you think, given the, the drought situation that we're facing this year, to make sure that those provinces have the water they need as well? You know, we constantly are in contact with those other jurisdictions uh, as we work through uh, those water agreements, uh, especially on a year like this. That is one of the conversations that we're, we're going to be having. I know um, I have a call coming up uh, with Northwest Territories in the coming weeks. I imagine we'll be having conversations with Saskatchewan uh, and other similar uh, jurisdictions as well that we have these agreements with. So it is absolutely one of the concerns because, of course, they want to make sure that they're getting their portion of the allocation that's flowing through our province as well. And we want to uphold our, our responsibilities um, as outlined in those agreements too. Uh, but it is, it's one of the considerations we have to make. And again, it's just a reminder that it's, it's not just Alberta that's facing this situation right now. Over 72% of, of land in Canada is going to be under this significant drought um, situation. And so we're going to have to work together, not only in Alberta, but of course with our major partners as well. That concludes this morning's announcement. Thank you and have a good day, everyone. Thanks so much, everybody.